Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Nest Act 4 Rahim Loading the film into the camera by candlelight would have been easy for Rahim's mum if she was still here She would have praised her son's attempts with a smile before taking the camera body from him, deftly feeding the film roll into the chamber, snapping it shut and passing it back with one hand while ruffling his hair with the other. She probably could have done it with her eyes closed, blindfolded too, and standing on one leg. But Mum was dead and her favourite camera had grown thick with dust until Rahim had rescued it from her old things this morning and brought it to his bedroom. Perhaps now he could get his dad to listen to him. 
Rahim dropped the camera onto his bed and grabbed another Kleenex. All this crying wasn't helping his head cold. He blew his nose and dropped the used tissue into the growing mountain of them at his feet. Mum would have tidied these away by now and have a mug of something hot on his bedside table. She'd read to him until he fell asleep. The wind rattled his window and threatened to blow out the only candle still burning on his desk. There had been no power since yesterday. The storm that everyone said would pass had now reached such ferocity that it was holding people prisoner inside their own homes. This fact should have made Raheem feel better about being stuck home from school all week. But dusk was now falling on Creekwood Pines, and after dark, it would come back. The creature had visited every night this week. He'd seen it that first night, heard it every night since. Dad wouldn't listen, though. It's only the wind, was what he had said. But Raheem was starting to doubt every word that came out his father's mouth these days. He hadn't been the same since Mum's passing. He'd taken on more work and was rarely home. Family meals were missed regularly, and parts of the house were kept strictly off-limits. Dad wouldn't even sleep in their bedroom anymore. Most nights Raheem would hear him wailing on the sofa, His father was there now. Rahim could hear him even over the storm. Rahim distracted himself again with the camera. If the winged creature returned tonight, then they were both in danger. If he could just snap a photograph of it, then maybe his dad might finally believe him. Rahim had ransacked his mum's encyclopedia collection to find some mention of the bird-like beast he'd seen in the sky that first night, but nothing in the ornithology section even came close. He'd almost given up hope when a drawing had caught his eye on an unlikely page under Ancient Myths. Rahim felt a surge of excitement as the film spool finally slotted into the camera and snapped shut, just as he heard his father's sobbing stop dead. Dad, he said, looping the camera strap around his neck and approaching his bedroom door. You okay? He strained to listen as the storm continued to batter the house. His door groaned as he stepped out into the dark hallway. Dad, answer me if you can hear me. Rahim felt something reach up and brush his stomach. He let out a scream and swatted at it. His mum's camera. He laughed at himself. The darkness had had him spooked. He forced himself to take a slow, deep breath. Instead of feeling his way downstairs, he could use this. The momentary flash blinded Rahim, but it was just enough for him to get his bearings. He took a few tentative steps onto the landing and raised the camera again. Rahim found the staircase and carefully began to descend, taking each step one at a time. The noise from each stair sounded like thunder. He suddenly felt very exposed, as if something might be hanging above him in the blackness. He raised the camera, but fear stopped his finger, and he lowered it again. Eventually, he reached the bottom step. He had walked this path a million times, but now, in the pitch black,
black, with his heart rate rising, he couldn't decide where to turn. He shakily raised the camera. His father was standing right in front of him. The shock sent Rahim back on his heels, and he fell sprawling onto the staircase. Son? Rahim flashed the camera again to make sure that his eyes weren't playing tricks on him. His father's eyes were red. Is that your mother's camera? He heard his father walk across the hallway, open a drawer, and pull something out. There was a rattle, and he heard the strike of a match. The room was thrown into sharp relief. His father passed the candle to him, while lighting another for himself. Rahim peeled himself up off the stairs. You okay, Dad? A vein throbbed in his father's forehead. He looked like he was about to burst, but something in him deflated, like air leaking from a burst balloon. He sagged before him. Come on, his father said. Let's get you something to eat. They walked by candlelight into the kitchen, and Rahim sat at the counter. His dad walked around to the refrigerator, which was leaking a puddle of water onto the tiled floor. His feet splashed as he opened the door, and an almighty stink wafted out into the room. On second thoughts, he said, closing it with a grimace, maybe I can find something in the... Rahim was suddenly aware of a presence in the corner of the room, something very, very big. Before his mind could fully register the shock, the thing moved. Fast. A scream rocked the fridge, extinguishing both candles and casting the room back into darkness. His father's voice came from somewhere low to the ground. He'd fallen to the floor. What the hell was that? Rahim, are you alright, son? Rahim shushed him. He couldn't see, but something about the quality of the air told him that the intruder was still here with them. The stink was even worse now, like wet dog and rancid meat. In his gut, he knew that it was the creature from the sky he'd seen a few nights ago. He'd heard it screeching every night, and now it had finally come for him. The winged beast from his mother's books. Rahim heard the rattle of the matchbox as his father quickly lit up another candle, still lying on the ground. Dad, no! But it was too late. All at once, the kitchen was bathed in the orange glow of the candle's tiny flame, which might as well have been a spotlight trained on the creature. Rahim's eye was drawn to the ceiling where the black mass clung. It howled, a strange mix of a woman's scream and birdsong, as it dropped to the floor and stood to its full height before him. It turned to his father on the floor and took one heavy step towards him on taloned feet. It hated the fire. Seeing it close up, Rahim realized that his worst fears were correct. He'd failed to find a match in his mother's books because this was no creature born from nature. The black feathered creature towered above him. An inhuman trill escaped its beak-like maw. Huge, terrible wings sprouted from its back, enveloping a delicate woman's body.
Raheem felt bile rise in his throat as he realised that he was both repulsed and aroused when the bird woman's wings parted to reveal a scorched but naked torso inside, its sagging breasts swaying as it lumbered towards his father's prone body. Raheem, run! Miraculously, his dad had sprung to his feet and was now rushing towards him. He grabbed Raheem and pulled him towards the back door. They burst through it, exploding out from the dark house and into a hurricane. Or at least that's how it felt. Raheem had forgotten all about the storm, but now he was being buffeted on all sides by the ferocious wind. He didn't look back as they ran around the house towards the street. His father had his arm around him, shielding him from the worst of the foul weather. Running blind, Raheem could barely open his eyes when he heard the terrible sound that haunted him all week. It had followed them outside. With a squawk, the shadow slashed at them with a vicious swipe. They fell as one, hitting tarmac and Raheem felt heavy thuds through the protection of his father's body as the creature thrashed at him again and again. His dad screamed as Raheem squeezed out from under him and stood next to the two struggling bodies. He didn't hesitate. He lunged, grabbing the coarse feathers on the creature's back. He tugged on the black shape, but it was useless. The thing was too large, and Raheem too slight. He beat his fists on it uselessly as he heard his father's screams fade into the storm with each passing second. If only he could hear what he was doing. In the dim moonlight, he could make out shapes, but it was like wrestling a phantom. Of course. His mother's camera was still around his neck. He grabbed, pointed it at the huge bird, and pressed the shutter. The flash was like a gunshot. All at once, the scene before him came into view. His father's body on the street, bloody and torn to ribbons. The bird woman above him, dazed and screaming at the explosion of light. He heard her fall backwards, away from his father. The camera flash hurt her. Emboldened by this realisation, Rahim stepped over his father and kept clicking, driving the beast back. The thing retreated, and with every blinding flash, the hideous woman's face winced and grew fearful. Its claws sounded like knives on the asphalt as it reached the curb and stumbled, blind and screaming. With a final gush, he saw the beast spread its wings and take flight into the night sky. It shot straight up and disappeared into the black clouds. When he was sure the creature had gone, he ran to his father. His dad's wide eyes scanned the heavens. What was that thing? Raheem knew. He tried to tell him now, but now hardly felt the time for I told you so. Shh, don't talk, he said, wiping his runny nose with his sleeve and examining his father's injuries. Bruises were beginning to bloom on his dad's body. His clothes were ripped and his skin was covered in hundreds of tiny cuts, but thankfully 
the wounds weren't too deep. The bleeding had already stopped. His father might be out of action for a long time, but he'd live. He couldn't bear the thought of losing another parent. The old man tried to sit up, but Rahim gently pushed him back. You need to rest. I'll take more than whatever that thing was to keep me down. He joked. His laugh turned to a painful, racking cough, and then a groan. I'm fine. I'm fine. His father tried to sit up again, but fell back to the ground, his eyes rolling back into his head. Rahim felt hot tears begin to form when his dad let out a snore. The storm cocooned them. Gale-force winds swirled, fallen leaves and trash around their bodies in a miniature cyclone. For a moment, the creature, the rest of the world, none of it mattered. Until Rahim heard the sound of footsteps. He tensed, readying himself for another fight. He set his father down as gently as he could and picked up a stick that had blown nearby. He held it like a baseball bat and turned towards the sound. A shadow emerged from the night, followed by another, then another. Rahim had been about to knock them senseless, but he let the stick fall to his side. Jamie? Valerie? Teen Wolf? It was his friend from school, Jamie, and Valerie Townsend. Perhaps the last two people he ever expected to see together. They were each wearing some sort of body armor except for the third figure, who Rahim now recognized as Jamie's little brother, Frank. He had pulled back his miniature teen wolf mask to reveal his gap-toothed smile. After the insanity of tonight, Rahim had completely forgotten tomorrow was Halloween. His friends were holding makeshift weapons of their own, a socket wrench, curling tongues, and a Ness zapper. "'What are you guys doing here?' he asked. Jamie was the first to talk. Rahim saw him notice his dad's body and grimace. We saw flashing lights. The group stood in a circle as the storm continued around them. Jamie was wearing hockey pads and a head torch. Valerie's eyes were watching the street as if she expected something to jump out at any moment. Rahim wanted to hug them both. You've seen it too? he asked. It's taken our parents. We've been watching for it, waiting. Rahim looked down at his father. He was still out cold. You missed it. Jamie hung his head. I'm sorry that we didn't get here sooner. Rahim realized how this must have looked. Dad's alive, just unconscious. His friend looked up, amazed and relieved. I managed to scare it off with this. Rahim continued, holding up the camera. Doesn't like the flash. We can use that against it. Valerie sounded anxious. But we still don't know what the heck it is, she said. Rahim remembered his mom's book. He sunk down on his knees next to his dad. I might be able to help with that. Just help me get him inside first. When they had wrestled his father's body into the house... Rahim ran upstairs to his bedroom and grabbed the encyclopedia from his bedside table. Taking it back down, he had it open to the relevant page before he had reached the last step. Take a look at this, he said, holding the book open in the middle of the group. 
It was the Greek mythology section, and he pointed to the page detailing Homer, author of the Odyssey. I saw it a few nights ago, a giant bird in the sky. I couldn't find anything in the bird books, but I did find this. He turned the page, pointing to an illustration that each of the four children now recognized. They've been written about many times over the centuries, maidens with the bodies of birds. Whenever a person disappeared, they were said to have been carried off by these creatures. Valerie's nose almost touched the pages. What are they? Rahim looked into the faces of his friends. It's a harpy. A spirit with the destructive power of wind. The group held their collective breath before Jamie burst out laughing. Yeah, right, he said. The destructive power of wind? Pull the other one. We're not dealing with some ancient fart monster here. Frank snickered and echoed his big brother's joke. (laughs) Fart monster. Raheem punched his friend in the arm. This is serious, Jamie. I'm not kidding around. Jamie held up his hands and stifled the last of his giggles. When he had composed himself, he said, Did Isabel make it here? Raheem shook his head. I haven't seen her all week. Jamie and Valerie looked at each other, all the laughter gone now. Guys? Valerie reluctantly spoke up. We heard a commotion at Isabel's last night. By the time we got over there, everybody was gone. We hoped that she was with you. Rahim was speechless. He felt sick. With everything that was going on, he hadn't even thought about Isabel once. What kind of boyfriend did that make him? He was about to ask what happened, when he realized someone else was missing too. Where's Frank? looking at the child-sized wolf mask that lay discarded on the floor. They searched the house. With each empty room, Jamie grew more and more panicked. It's got him, he said. The harpy, or whatever the hell you want to call it, it got him. Jamie turned to Raheem and grabbed him by the collar. We've got to find him. We have to go now. We will. Raheem pleaded, but we need a plan. We can't just go running off into the storm without a clue where he might have gone. What about all these books of yours? Do they they tell you where to find a harpy? No, but we can watch for her. Eventually, she's going to show up. I'm not waiting. Raheem understood what his friend was going through. When his mom had died, he would have run into oncoming traffic if he thought there was even a chance to bring her back. This storm wasn't going to stop Jamie, and it shouldn't stop Raheem from finding Isabel either. Okay, he said at last, there's just one thing I need to do first. Raheem walked back through to where his father lay and removed the film from the camera. He only required the flash anyway, and there was something on this roll of film that his dad needed to see. He placed the spool into his father's hand. Maybe now you'll believe me, he said, kissing him on the forehead and walking quickly back to his friends before he might start crying. He found them at the front door. Something was on the other side. Jamie raised his wrench, Valerie her tongs, Raheem his stick. They watched the door handle slowly turn. It burst open 
with all the force of the storm outside. Isabel stood there, drenched with muck and blood. Only the whites of her eyes shone out from the darkness, and she was breathing hard. I need your help. I know where the nest is. Thank you for listening to Act 4 of The Nest, Rahim. This episode was written by John Crinan. John is a writer and podcaster and a friend of mine. You can find out more about what he's up to at johncrinan.com. Check out his podcast, The John Crinan Podcast, or follow him on Twitter or Instagram at, at John Crinan. And that's Crinan spelled C-R-I-N-A-N. This episode was narrated by Josh Curran. Josh Curran has narrated and written many previous episodes of The Other Stories, including one of my favourite episodes of all time, Daniel Johnson. He also put together the partner show to The Other Stories called Miscreation, and the entire first season of that is available right now, so go and check that out today on your favourite podcast app. Also, you can follow him on Twitter at, at jcurranwriter, and that's Curran with two R's. This episode was edited by Carl Hughes, the doctor of delicious audio. Carl Hughes is a member of the Hawk and Cleaver team. You can check out his work every week on the Other Stories podcast. The Nest theme music was produced by Timo Henderson. Visit timohenderson.com to check him out. Some of the music you heard was produced by Adneon Lux. You can check him out over at soundcloud.com forward slash Adneon Lux. Other music, sounds and effects were provided by zapsblatt.com and freesound.org. And for today's little factoid, I'd like to tell you that crocodiles don't die of aging. They're kind of immortal. Not really relevant to this show or episode, but kind of blew me away anyway. Instead of aging biologically, crocodiles and other animals similar to them, they just keep on growing physically and they don't die until they run out of food or they get a disease or something like that and that usually kills them off. This is due to something called negligible senescence. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. So whilst you're pondering on the fact that crocodiles are immortal, sort of, stay tuned for the final act of The Nest, coming up on The Other Stories tomorrow for Halloween. Until next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.